Well, hi, LCF. It is fantastic to be back with you. We are in week two of our Christmas campaign, The Light of Christmas. So we are going to do something a little bit different today. It's been a while since we've joint preached. We've done a word together, and because it's Christmas, we are doing it from the comfort of our home with our Christmas tree, right from our living room to yours. So the key scripture that I want to look at today as we unpack it together is John 1 verse 9, and it says this, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. Now, of course, it's this time, the Christmas season, we remember Jesus coming down from heaven to earth as a child in human form. And I love that metaphor that John uses, that he is the light. And of course, after your word last week, we are looking and exploring what it means to be a light. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and last week, you know, I talked about how God is the light. We're not the light, yet we get to inherit and inhabit his light, but he's the light. And so sometimes we get into a habit of kind of smalling and boxing in the light of God when actually the light that's in us is the light of the world. So it's huge. And I kind of said last week that maybe there's some of us, myself included, who have felt like the light has been knocked out of us a little bit this year and you might be feeling that way. And so we wanted to come to you today with some more practical things that we can apply to help relight the light of Jesus that's inside of us. And one of the ways that we have come to find that, you know, as Christians, we know that God's the light and we know that we have his light, but it's keeping his light burning in us Mm. that can sometimes be the task and sometimes the thing that we miss. And the Bible speaks about in Revelation of how, you know, God wants us to either be hot or cold. You know, he knows all the things we do, yet some of us are neither hot nor cold. And if we're lukewarm, he just spews us out of his mouth. And so we want to be, as the people of God, red hot for Jesus, on fire for God. There's some of the words that we've often associated. Sometimes when we first become Christians, sometimes when, you know, we have an encounter with Jesus, we get all excited and there's a passion within us. But, you know, that fire for God is meant to be a long-standing, mm. passionate burn for Jesus that can continue going. So how do we keep that excitement going? Well, how do we keep the flame going when the excitement wears off? That's yeah, when that's our commitment comes in to keep on being passionate for Jesus and I remember um, a few years ago the Holy Spirit just dropping in my heart this question I think I might have been moaning about something which usually we can all do and I remember the Holy Spirit just saying Becky where has your fire gone where has all your fire gone and I've tried to get into the habit of asking myself that question from time to time and sometimes often just as a reminder where has my fire gone and I find myself once again refreshed this year as we come to Mm. the end of this mammoth year asking myself where has my fire gone and so we have titled this message today relight the fire because if we're going to be light bearers of jesus we thought it's a good idea to light the fire or start a fire for some of our cases and then we're going to move on just to look at how we can keep feeding that fire Mm. and keep fanning into flame the gift of god I think this was just so well illustrated this past few weeks. If you've driven past church in the past two weeks or so, you would have seen all the roadworks happening on Hibbert Street. It always seems as roadworks outside church, doesn't it? The traffic lights are on Hibbert Street. Uh, But because of the roadworks on Hibbert Street, it actually made all the gas go on our road where church is. 
and Joel, who's a member of our team, if you don't know Joel, Joel was in the building, and we have these two buildings that are like 130 odd years old, and they're amazing buildings, but goodness me, do you know when the heating's not on in the middle of winter, it was freezing, and what Joel had to do, he had to go and relight the pilot light, and I just found it fascinating that that one tiny flame, just one one little match, one little flame, lighting that pilot light had the capacity to heat our two huge buildings. And that's exactly what happens with Jesus, isn't mm -hmm. it? Once he sets something off inside of us, mm -hmm. once that flame is lit or relit, mm -hmm. it, it just fans into flames, that the term you use yeah. from 2 Timothy 1, yeah. fan into flame the gift that God has given you. Yeah. But I think it's so poignant what you said it's it's tending the flame even yeah. when the excitement has has faded off yeah. the excitement of a moment the excitement of getting salvation in the excitement of a meeting and so often we hear testimonies or i've heard testimonies where we look back to that salvation moment and it's almost like the pinnacle of your salvation mm -hmm. journey and i'm not sure that's what jesus intended i'm when I think of Jesus and I read his words to us in, in the scriptures, the salvation moment is a poignant moment, but it's the beginning of a ramp up, not yeah. a ramp down. Excellent. And that's exactly yeah. what you're saying, isn't it, Bex? Yeah. That when we have this fire lit, it's mm -hmm. it's not something that then magically stays lit as an yeah. eternal flame. Of course, a relationship with Jesus is always there, mm -hmm. but it's a constant, consistent feeding of the flame. Yeah. So we want to look at some fuels, mm -hmm. don't we, of how we can keep that passion, that excitement, mm -hmm. Uh, that relationship burning hot in our day to day. So let's go to point one, fuel number one. Number one, number one is, and we're going to look at all practical things of how we can feed a natural fire and we're going to make them spiritual as well. So one of the most natural things and most accessible things that we can use to keep feeding a natural fire is wood or a log. You know, at Christmas time we have the picture, the lovely fireplace pictures and throwing the logs on and hearing them crackling and burning and just like the Word of God, and here's my link, because the Word of God, the Bible is in paper form, if you have it in paper form, paper comes from wood and wood comes from trees, so there is my link. But just like the Word of God, the Word of God, the Bible is so accessible. It has never been so accessible as well. We have it on so many different forms, digital, um, paperback, hardback, so many types. We have so many different devotions, and, and in so many different languages as well. This isn't the most popular best-selling best book of all time. Of all time. Yeah. And so especially here in the Western culture, it's very accessible to get your hands on the Word of God, just like wood. And that is the very thing that we need in our life that is going to keep the light going, keep the fire burning in our life, is putting a log on the fire. However, elaborate a little bit on the log on the fire. Yeah, I think the, the go-to thing to do, if you're just mm. feeling a little bit dry in your spiritual life, and goodness me, 2020 is probably not the salt out of a lot of us mm -hmm. uh, through coronavirus, lockdown, isolation, recession, job loss, political distrust. There's so much that has gone wrong this mm. year. Uh, as a Christian, we know that the Word of God is alive and active. You'll hear me quote that scripture, Hebrews 4.12, again mm. and again. It's one of my favourite scriptures, that the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any two-edged sword that cuts between bone and marrow, soul and yeah. spirit. And the, the go-to thing to do when you're feeling a little bit low is to sort of grab the Bible, get the whole thing and think, right, I've just got to read the Bible mm -hmm. and start going through it and, you know, maybe starting mm -hmm. at Genesis and trying to read through it because you think that's the spiritual mm -hmm. thing to do. 
However, if you, like me, are not that sort of handy, I would consider myself kind of metrosexual. I'm a city man. I'm not a sort of hiding woods guy. I remember being at a youth camp one year with one of our youth leaders, actually, at LCF, Luke Viner, and I was just trying to get this fire lit. I was throwing logs on and then trying to light the log with a match. I was getting one match, putting it to the log, just waiting for it to go up. And, and Luke's a little bit wiser with me at sort of camping and, and stuff. That's just what he does. And he says, no, 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 you can't start with a log and a match. You need something to get the fire going said mm-hmm. so start with a piece of paper or some fire paper and mm-hmm. i just love that metaphor because so often we think you know it's a holier thing to do if we read for the bible every mm-hmm. year genesis to revelation or we do it in six months we're more spiritual yeah. but actually i don't think that's always helpful because yeah. if you throw a log straight on a a bare flame you yeah. put it out yeah. you sort of diminish it the yeah. intention's there and the will is there for for good but yeah. you just smother it what's the best thing to do is just to start with a little bit of paper yeah. touch it to the bare flame watch it go up and then feed it gradually so yeah. you don't always have to go and devour the bible get through genesis and revelation maybe you just start with a piece of paper mm. one page even one verse instead of 10 chapters why don't you just try 10 words meditating on it what is the word for your season Mm -hmm. and i say that there was a there was an amazing story that broke this week that becky and Mm -hmm. i watched on bbc and it was a man who uh, he said he had this spiritual experience in his apartment in cardiff and uh he just got this I guess, urge to read the Bible. And it said he started in Genesis and halfway through Genesis, he knew he just had to find a church. So, of course, coronavirus, lockdown, the best thing he could do at the time, go to Google, typed in Christian Church Cardiff. And lo and behold, he found himself at City Church Cardiff and Ealing Church. And he's now midway through Alpha, completely saved, radically saved, reading through Genesis. Mm -hmm. So sometimes, you know, just getting in the word of God, you... The, the book will speak yeah. to you. The words will speak to you. Yeah. As I've said before, it's, it's the only book that reads your back. It's alive. And, you know, if you if you go on YouTube and just type in that description of that clip, it was so refreshing. It yeah. made me go all over again. Oh, yes, the Bible is alive. I like feel like I forgot for a moment. But he was so excited. It was like he had this amazing encounter. It was just like, it's so alive. And the Bible, I mean, in science, they teach us that, you know, there are a few living things. There's humans, there's animals, and then there's plants and trees. But they don't talk to you about the Bible being... Yeah a living thing and it is alive and I think as Christians we know that the word of God is something that we should be applying to our lives daily we know it's a good thing but sometimes because of that when we miss it we get guilty and that's when we kind of do that thing where we chuck the log on the fire or sometimes we can make each other feel guilty about it and mm. sometimes we chuck the log at someone else which is kind of called bible bashing yeah. and and then sometimes it's our own guilt sometimes that makes us go actually what is the point or if we see other people around us reading so much of the bible and actually all we could do was a couple of passages and think well what's the point and you need to allow you know make sure you don't allow the enemy to creep in and make you feel um, insignificant for the amount of bible that you're taking in we are i think is glorifying the right word the little by little the paper not necessarily the whole log if you want to get the whole the word in your life start little by little feed the fire little just maybe shavings to begin with but i think that's the way to go and i think even by you know sometimes we talk about the bible the paper bible version being better than the digital i'm actually you'll see me last week at my preach i just had a phone and you know what that really works for me because 
because I can't carry everything about of all the kids I've got at the moment. It works for me. And that's just being able to grab my phone and even just say, hey, Google, where's that scripture? All those things are okay. We shouldn't make them feel like Lesser. They're in lesser yeah. than or an audible Bible. An audible Bible. Yeah. Like, you know, my granddad was in the Bible every morning trying to learn to read because it wasn't audible back then. But man, he could have used audible yeah. if, it, if, well, it might have been then, but not as accessible. Um, so I just think, yeah, everyone's got their own journey with feeding their fire with the Bible. And we've got to look at our own walk, look at, you Absolutely. know, how we eat our own meal. I think you had a really good um, analogy of this, actually. Our own diet may yeah. look different from the diet next to us. And we can be inspired by others and how they approach their reading of the Bible, but we shouldn't compare. Yeah. And yeah. I think comparison is one of the biggest traps in the walk yeah. of faith because you look at someone else and think, actually, if I want what they have, yeah. if I want my relationship to look as good as they Mm-hmm. They look with, with Jesus, then I've got to do A, B, and C. Yeah. And that's absolutely not right. It's different yeah. boats, you know, for different floats. Just like how we eat. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a substantial meal sort of guy. Three meals. Becky, you're a grazer. Snacker, big snacker. And you snack all the time. I just want my big meals. And, <laughs> and I think we, we're even the same when we go to the Bible. I think vanilla here you are. You, you yeah. really go deep in one verse. Yeah. I'll read a few chapters. And, yeah. and it's not right or wrong. It's yeah. just through our own personality, our own gifting, yeah. and our own conviction, I think, yeah. as well. Not looking to the right or the left, but just ourself and, and Jesus. And continuous, continuously being all right with that. I mean, that's a continual journey with me. I mean, you get through so many books all the time. You're quite a theologian, actually. And But keeping my eyes on, well, actually, that that's that's actually great for me because then he his fire feeds my fire as well. And not to feel belittled in any way by what's going on around you. And, um, yeah, just go for it. And can I just say as well, if you've been feeling like this hang up, this guilt over your life because you haven't been in your word, can I just say you are free? Mm. You are free from that guilt. There is no shame. And just, you know what? You approach it the way that the Holy Spirit leads you, just little by little, paper by paper. Don't knock your fire out by all of this, I think, expectation that you place so heavily on yourself sometimes. Amen? Amen. Good. So, fuel number one, wood. Feeding the fire with the word of God. Fuel number two, I want to call gasoline or Mm. petrol. It's that explosive fire. Now, if you've ever been at a bonfire, or I don't advise you do this unless you're with a responsible adult, which I'm usually with Becky, so it's Mm. okay. If you just want to give that fire a little bit of oomph, if you want to see it catch a bit more, you throw a bit of lighter fluid on, a little bit of gasoline. Mm. And in the Christian life, I, I think that this goes so perfectly with the power of the Holy Holy Spirit, Spirit, the undergirding power that Mm -hmm. without uh, the power of the Holy Spirit, then what's the point? It's the power of the Holy Spirit that drives everything we do. Yeah. I mean, I only really had one point for this one. And I think the one word was bang. Sometimes Mm. we just need like a big bang and explosion in our life. It's like the encounter um, with God. Sometimes you just need to have a moment where you go, God, I just need a touch of your Holy Spirit. I need like a surge of your power on me right now. Mm. I've been feeling weak. I've been feeling weary. Sometimes not even that. You could be feeling great, but you just need, I don't know, a touch from God in a fresh way, in a powerful way. And um, we've often relied on our gatherings and our meeting places and conferences and things like that to receive kind of these massive encounters with God and they've been great experiences if I look back on my life at different residentials and events I've been to where we have gathered as the people of God like we usually and used to do and we will do again they used to be our prime moments of receiving an encounter and I think they can be just as powerful just in a room on your own with the door shut absolutely it can be just as powerful as just sitting in the lounge with your 
your family, of your little kids and just, you know, recognising that the presence of God is in your house. Just moments of encounter. And I think we can ask for God to fill us afresh with the Holy Spirit. We can ask God for just, you know what, God, I need a woe moment today. I need to just feel your presence afresh today. I need to just encounter. I just need to just have a sense of your your power on my life today. And I don't know if there's any way that you can example how that's looked like in our lives on a day-to-day. I remember one day just asking God, um, you know, I think it was in my single days. I just said, God, you know, Jesus, would you just romance me? I didn't have a boyfriend. I was feeling kind of lonely. And I remember just in that moment looking up at the sky and it was all pink and a gust of wind came and a load of blossoms fell at my feet from a tree. And I just remember thinking that was going to be God. And I thought was you were like, going to say, looked in the, in the stars and saw my face. No, 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 no. no, no not quite. Okay. No, but there's just, it's just creative ways of where you can encounter the Holy Spirit personally. Yeah. And it's like a, an encounter that fuels you. But sometimes there's even just a surge that can come over you when you pray I'm thinking about times that I prayed in the spirit when I've mm. spoken in tongues they edify me um, can seem really weird and wacky for people around but it can really bring me edification I think the the obvious verse that comes to mind there is that Acts 2 moment with Peter mm. standing up and the Holy Spirit um, ha, has just fallen in the upper room the 120 mm. and they go out and they begin to witness and of course, we go back one chapter to Jesus talking to the disciples. Yeah. Uh, Acts 1 8 says, You will receive power, that yeah. word. And the Greek word for power there is dunamis, where we get the yeah. word dynamite. So you said bang. It yeah. literally means explosive power. But it wasn't to look good, it wasn't to feel good. The power was to witness. Yeah. And I think that's what we need to remember. You know, the Holy Spirit, He undergirds everything we do in the Word. It makes the Word come alive for us, the Word of God. But the power is always there to go and tell others about Jesus. Mm. Firstly, sometimes I think to witness to yourself, especially in the year like 2020, where everything just seems so rubbish and so hard. Sometimes get in a moment Mm. by yourself in an armchair in your lounge, just asking God for that fresh revelation of the Holy Spirit. It's almost a witness to your own soul and spirit. Mm. But more than that, it's a witness to show other people the power of God. Yeah, no, it's brilliant. So fuel number two is... uh, Gasoline, gasoline or petrol the big bang fuel uh, number three the healthy big bang <laughs> yeah fuel number three yeah fuel, fuel, uh, point number three is we've got to feed our fire with oil and this one we are associating with the anointing of god so we just talked about the holy spirit and now we're mm. going to talk about the anointing which is something we've got to feed our fire with and some of you may be thinking well what's the difference so let's break this down a little bit as best we can so we've got the holy spirit but then the anointing is the gifts that the holy spirit gives to us so that may be gifts that may be just you know even what we do with our hands and our feet in serving the lord character personality and just take a moment to say everybody has a gift yeah and oftentimes it's only us who can't see that so if you're unsure of what your gift is Ask someone around you, and I bet in a moment they'll be able to tell you, actually, you're really gifted in this. Yeah. And we're not just talking about great oratory skills. We're not talking about just worship leaders. We're talking about generosity, kindness, Mm. compassion. These are all gifts of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And I think um, one of the thoughts I thought to help us understand this is that, you know, sometimes when we're cooking, you're cooking your roast dinner, you're cooking um, whatever it is you have on the frying pan. There used to be times in our house where... um, I remember you would you would be frying off some sort of meat, and it would happen for a long time in the beginning of our so marriage. Apologies to all the vegetarians it and vegans. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it used to happen a lot of time where you used to be frying something off, 
And I remember coming in and everything being so smoky and I was getting the fan going, getting the windows open. I'd realise, and oh, the alarm would always go off and our kids Still does. were really young and they would start shouting, fire, fire. And it would happen so many times. And what we started to realise is that Michael didn't always apply oil to, I don't know. Or enough oil. Or enough oil. Mm. He wasn't saturating it. He wasn't covering and glazing his meat in the oil. So what he was then giving off, even though he was doing his best and he was cooking and using his gifts to feed the family, he wasn't giving off his best. Actually, he was serving up something that wasn't very edible and mm. it was causing quite a stink and you know a bad atmosphere as it was going, chaos actually, as it was going. And sometimes that's how we can operate in our gifts. Wow. Sometimes yeah. we're doing good stuff, but because we're not applying the oil of God, the anointing of God that so easily helps us do what is difficult with ease Mm. that's sometimes what a picture of our life can look like when we're running this race called life and going at it and busy busy doing everything and hurrying and using all of our might and all of our strength but we're doing good things for you lord and we're using our gifts for you lord but sometimes when you're not just in the ease of his anointing and in cover and saturate everything you put your hand to and everything he is calling you to do from a day-to-day basis it's like we get this like kind of scene of chaos come in and so it's really important to feed our fire with the anointing the oil of God that just brings ease to everything that we do and you know if you're feeling tired right now if you if this has been one of the busiest work years of your life maybe it's the opposite for you you've been furloughed but you've busied yourself with everything else or maybe you're just tired because you don't know what because of all the lack of routine or you don't know what you're doing can I just pray for you right now that the anointing of God will just glaze your life and just that you know there'll come a fresh day now as we enter a new year where you start to put your hand to things and there'll just be a holy anointing over everything you do I mean we're going to see in I think it's next week isn't it some anointed and gifted people from our church start to use um their gifts as they begin to sing for our production we've got our Christmas service and Mm. you know sometimes you just go wow you know you can see the anointing on people's lives as they use their gifts for him in step with the Holy Spirit I think you mentioned it there. I think when you operate in the anointing that God has put on your life, yeah. there's that ease. Yeah. There's it, It's a sweet spot that God has specifically placed you for purpose in any given context mm. to do what only you can do for his kingdom. Mm. And of course, we see gifted people as well yeah. who, do, who use that gift outside of the anointing. Yeah. Think of all sorts of things yeah. in the world where people are quite clearly gifted for something. Yeah. But when, when it's anointed by God, mm. I think you, you just see results for the kingdom that you just wouldn't see otherwise we see with evangelists these amazing women and men of god who Mm. can um, sometimes just stand up and not really say anything at all but the the power of god falls because the anointing is there yeah and i think what's also really interesting is Mm. god's anointing hasn't always been based on the good or bad things you do absolutely i was just thinking that we we see Mm. oftentimes don't we unfortunately prevalent again Mm. men and women of god who are operating under powerful anointing. God is clearly moving. People are being saved by the Holy Spirit. And then you find out later on Mm. that there was some sort of, um, you know, inconsistency in their life. There was some Mm. sort of immorality, something that wasn't Mm. right or healthy. But God 
has still allowed the yeah. imperfect vessel to be used, yeah. which I think will lead into our next point. Yeah, I mean, the anointing, I think it's a really, really good point. Anointing has never been about us and mm. what we can do and how good we are. The anointing is God's yeah. and it's always been about him and it's always been to reflect back to him. So yeah, there can be moments where there are people in the biggest spotlights, but actually it's not a representation of what they look like in the wings where they're walking around in darkness. It's, it's King David. Yeah. So a man after God's own yeah. heart murderer adulterer we we so often we touch on that a little bit don't we in yeah. our sermons we don't usually do three-part series around david's murderous spirit yeah. and his adulterous spirit but clearly the anointing of god mm. was on his life yeah working through him and in him and really propelling the kingdom of god yeah. through his rule yeah yeah that's right so that's good so we've got the wood, the word the of wood. God. Yeah. We've got the petrol or the, the lighter fluid, the yeah. gasoline, the Holy Spirit. Number three, the oil, the anointing. And number four, a great way to keep a fire burning, to keep it hot, to keep it fed, is using coal. Mm-hmm. And now coal is an interesting one um, because it's a Christmas kind of um, item, isn't it? Because we often relate, our it, children. Yeah, relate it to Santa Claus in being the, the thing that you are going to get if you have been naughty. You don't want to get um, coal in your sack. You want to get coal for Christmas. And actually, we actually want to spin it on its head and look at coal as being a gift to our lives. Because coal, even though it can be um, sooty and it can be bleak and it can be messy, it is it is almost like a representation of sin, like yeah. the things that are, are bad, the things in our life that puts us to shame. But actually what I believe God, Jesus has come along to do is like he gives us the coal and oh, this is just like Jesus, I don't understand it, yeah, I understand that it's just like his nature. He comes along and he gives us a resource to fuel the fire with the very thing that has caused a, a like an infliction in affliction on our life or yeah. you know some sort of like dirt on our life um, the representation of something that's mm. gone wrong in our life something that was meant to shame us he comes and he goes you know what i can use that thing to fan into flame and bring my glory yet what we do when we've got sin in our lives is we get really shameful and instead of throwing away that piece of coal onto the fire we clutch it and we try and hide it or sometimes we display it on our mantle so it just hangs over us and it stares us down and makes us real really feel really rubbish when actually isn't it incredible that that very thing your sin is the very thing jesus could use to create a fire that is bigger than i don't know Santa Claus himself. Yeah, so just to help illustrate this, yeah. you, you may be familiar with the Old Testament prophet Isaiah. Mm. You see in Isaiah 6, I think it's labelled something like Isaiah's vision, mm. and it starts with, in the, ki- in the year King Isaiah died, mm. I saw the Lord seated on the throne. And to cut a long story short, I, Isaiah has this massive, I mean, amazing vision of God on the throne. He sees these angels worshipping God. And, and from the throne, he hears this voice, yeah. the, the people need to hear, who can I send who will go for me? And Isaiah looks around, no one's speaking. He says, God, send me. He said, oh, you know, I'm a man of unclean lips. He identifies his sin. And I think oftentimes when we get to the throne of God, mm-hmm. whether that's in a moment in our lounge, yeah. in, a, in a service at a conference, we the first thing that comes to our mind is we see the things that are wrong, the things that separate us yeah. from God. He says, God, I'm a, I'm a man of unclean lips, but, you know, I'm here. You can send me. 
And then it, it tells in this vision of this angel going mm-hmm. to the coal at the yeah. foot of, of God, like the fiery furnace at the foot mm-hmm. of God. He takes out a piece of coal uh, with fiery tongues, flies over to Isaiah and touches the coal to his lips and anoints Isaiah. Yeah. So Isaiah's just identified his sin, the very thing that is wrong with him. He's a man of unclean lips. Maybe yeah. he says some naughty words. Maybe yeah. he's a gossip. You can't use my yeah. words, God. They're dirty. Yeah. What does God do? As soon as Isaiah identifies his problem, God mm. redeems it. Yeah. The very thing he identifies as his sin yeah. is now used as his message. Yeah. So coal is not something that is meant to be held. It's then where your your hands get mm. dirty and messy mm-hmm. and sooty. Coal is meant to be thrown yeah. onto to the fire yeah. to fuel it. And I think certainly maybe we'll get into this deeper next year, our own story and some of the things we've gone through, but actually some of our biggest pitfalls in Mm. our relationship and things that in the past are called great hurt is actually one of the biggest messages of redemption. Yeah, our biggest messes and our biggest mistakes can be our biggest messages but you've got to submit it you've got to let it go you've got to throw it and allow god to use it to feed and stoke the fire that is burning in your heart and i think it's the shame that can help keep us clutching onto it when jesus is like come on you that's too much for you that's too heavy for you give it to me and watch me and what i will do with it and use it for my glory isn't that just like jesus it is god is a god of redemption but he will only redeem what you release amen you yeah. can't you can't redeem what you will hold too tightly not because he's not powerful enough yeah. because he respects you so much yeah. as his son and daughter he will only redeem what you release and so often the things mm-hmm. that we hold tightly so the things we're most ashamed of yeah. our shame our guilt our pride our sin our lies whatever it is that that pulls you away from the feet of Jesus when you have that moment of revelation mm-hmm. the thing that comes to your mind Jesus isn't doing it to condemn you he's mm-hmm. doing it as a point to release it most yeah. famous scripture in the Bible, it's actually, if you think about it, mm. uh, a Christmas scripture. For God so loved the world that yes. he sent his only son, John 3.16. Yeah. John 3.17 says he sent his son not to judge, but to save. Yeah. So when those things come up in your life, come up in your spirit, come up in your mind, that you think disqualify you, actually in Jesus' hands, absolutely qualify you. Yeah, Jesus came and... It was all of our coal. We like cold him to death. That's the word. Um, but it was not for nothing. It wasn't for him to look down and see us carrying the weight of that sin. It was so that he, we could be free and mm. we could be released and that we could have the fire burn and keep the fire going in our lives. And there's that scripture that talks about the refiner's fire. Mm. My heart's one desire. It's a song, isn't it? And yeah. I promise I won't sing this week. Um but it's just like the gold. You're not going to sing this week. We, I'm not going to sing this oh, week. Oh, it's a shame. It's like the gold that can come, the purifying from yeah. the fire with with your lives and with your heart when you submit it. So I feel really, fr- I feel like on fire just from this preach all mm. over again, um, from this word, the words that have been coming out of scripture today. Um, but, you know, that one last thing about coal is that it is quite infectious, like it, it's dirty, it can mar other people, not just yourself. And that's wow. why it's way more important, not just for your own sake, but for the people that you're in contact with, that you release it. So that your household and your communities don't grow cold because we need that to warm up the place. And what is more infectious than coal is a fire. And so I want to urge you today, 
if you've been hanging on for too long for pieces yeah, of coal, on. maybe they're staring back at you on the mantle. I just want you right now to release them and throw them. They are a lifeline from Jesus. Mm. Would you throw them on your fire and stoke the fire once again? Would a fire burn up on the inside of you that your whole house will be set on fire, the holy fire, in a good way this Christmas, that the warmth and the joy and the freedom and the zeal that will come from your household this Christmas would be just something else. Amen. Amen. So of course we're in this campaign, mm. the light of Christmas. And we know, don't we, mm. at this time when we see lights all around, I'm sure as you drive around Luton or wherever you live, you're seeing houses lit up, Christmas mm. trees in windows, great displays in the Arndale or the mall as you walk through there. But the light of Christmas is Jesus. He's not just a light at Christmas yeah. is the light of Christmas. But before we close, I just want to finish with these words from Jesus himself. So of course we know from John, Jesus is the light of the world. He's the light that came to shine, shine bright in the darkness, to light up the world. But he says this in Matthew 5, which I, I love. He's talking to his disciples, his followers, namely me and you, wherever you're watching from as followers of Jesus. Matthew 5, 14. He says, you are the light of the world, a town built on a hill that cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. Yeah. Just what you were just saying. Yeah. So church, let's be stoking those flames. If your flame is feeling a little bit dim at the end of this year, which I'm sure for many people uh, it will be, know that Jesus is the light of hope. He will breathe fresh into your life, give you fresh wood in the word of God. He will give you fresh fuel in the Holy Spirit, fresh oil of anointing. Yeah and redemption yeah. as you throw your sin, your mistakes, all the things that, that so often yeah. pull you back and purify it in yeah. redemption. So Becky, we want to just close in prayer for us. Yeah, thank you Father for our time together today and I thank you Lord that you are King and that mm. you are the light and you are the very light of Christmas that we are all centered around as a family, as a church, as a community. We lift you high and as we examine ourselves this morning, we say, yeah. where has our fire gone? Lord, I pray that you will illuminate, that you would encounter afresh your people today and help us relight the fire, that fan into flame, Lord, and help us continue as we walk into 2021 to keep feeding our fire with all of those great resources that you have surrounded our life with Please. in jesus name we pray for our amen. community oh okay <laughs> amen. Amen. sorry we i pray. thought you were going there we pray I for was, our community i wasn't i thought actually i just need to say a word for our community pray for our community and then um, i don't know where i was going to go there but uh, amen and of course we're going to be blessed in our community after this message today yeah uh, as you know remember the 13th so last day you can come and drop some chocolates off yes. at church next week they're going to be blessing Hibbert Street, Tavistock Street, yes. ready for our big Christmas production. We are trailblazing the fire. Trailblazing <laughs> the fire next week, 6pm at lcf.biz forward slash online. Should we go to a song of worship? Yes. Thanks, team.